God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Life on Purpose. You are here listening to four guys yakking, except this time it's really only two. We're, we're less two, but there's still two. Yeah. So, you know, here we go. Yeah. It, it, so, uh, it caught David and, and Ryan by surprise that they were going to be out of town tonight. So it's, right. uh, it's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Just the two of us. But you know what? We're here. We're going to do it. So we we kind of decided to uh, you know change things last minute, mm-hmm. which these days you can't even really say that. I don't think you can actually say that you change things last minute because yeah. actually, if you didn't change things, if we didn't change things, then that would be changing things. So chew on that one for a little bit. <laughs> I've been sick for two weeks, Daniel. Be nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh no excuses <laughs> okay okay mm. yeah that's what you told me growing up right um touche no <laughs> hey yeah there you go you better watch it no um yeah. you know we, we we did decide though we were we left some stuff kind of on the table last week that we yeah. wanted to talk about again um but with ryan and dave being gone we're gonna put that on hold because it's mm-hmm. definitely um an important thing uh and i know they had a lot invested in it so you know, big surprise what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, you know, I'm going to give everyone a few seconds to to guess what it is. Um, we're going to talk about Israel. Uh, really? <laughs> so so what, why? Why are we doing that? <laughs> why, why am I on this program then? I mean, I never talk about Israel, right? Never, especially not on any days other than days ending in Y. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Try to keep it to all those. Yeah. But no, um, you know, you mentioned that talking about Israel and I thought the first thing that came to my mind is we've been talking so much about Israel and we're not going to stop by any means, but it's, it's, it's really easy to kind of get lost in, in what's happening right now. And, and so what we're going to do tonight, maybe trying to, um, kind of back off a little bit and kind of zoom out and kind of regain some perspective before we zoom back in. That's kind of what I'm seeing. Okay. Yeah, it's been, uh, what, 92, 93 days uh, Mm -hmm. since the current war broke out. And I know that for, you know, for our audience, uh, many were were pretty young during the days of the the second intifada, uh, really totally for the first intifada. And so, you know, th- this may be besides the uh, you know, rocket attacks that have happened off and on through the last uh, 10, 15 years, this may be the, the first time that they've really seen something of, uh, of this mm-hmm. level in Israel. You know, we go back to the 1948 war, 1967, 1973, you know, those those were all. Uh, some of that was before my time, and and even before a time that I cared. And mm-hmm. so, you know, here here we're thrust into this, but maybe we're we're being thrust in. Some people are being thrust into this, but they're like, okay, why is this so important? Mm-hmm. How how is it 
<clears throat> I guess maybe the <clears throat> please excuse me, everyone. I'm still trying to get kind of through this a little bit, but uh, uh, Daniel, you know, you I know have a very unique um, connection with the mm -hmm. land of Israel for someone your age. Mm -hmm. um, your children, <laughs> um, specifically one little girl. Uh, has we were just talking about it. And I, I don't know if you want to go into this, but uh, a connection that's this beyond natural comprehension. Mm -hmm. Um, your your oldest son, same thing, beyond natural comprehension. Uh, how do you explain your level of connection with the land and and people of Israel? Goodness gracious. That I'll just sit back for about an hour and listen. Yeah, yeah. That that is a a loaded to the brim question. Um yeah, it's an important point you raised that many people are kind of experiencing this for the first time because your first trip to Israel, I was four. Mm -hmm. And you only went more and more and more and more. Um, you know, by the time of the second intifada, I was less than 10. So not exactly the age of paying attention to much. Yeah, um, you were eight the first time you went, I believe. Right. And so, you know, I went much, much later in life. And that kind of sparked in me what had been lying dormant. And from then on, it was just an upwards curve. But I think if I had to explain it, it would actually be it's, it's an inheritance. <laughs> it really is. The love of Israel, for me, started as an inheritance from you and from the work that you put into it. And I think it is one of the single most amazing things that I see that I can kind of see in my family and my children. And so so let me, let me kind of break down. I'm going to go into a little bit of what the kids have said, because uh, okay. they've all had their moments. Um, um grab your kleenex guys <laughs> so ruben my oldest um this was not long after the war started i believe um kate yeah. uh, katesby my wife she was uh, i had just gotten off the phone with her and she told the kids that they needed to pray and so they started praying when they were done praying my son ruben who is six he is six years old he he looked at Catesby and he said, Mommy, I want to go over and I want to fight. I want to fight because I would rather die there than die here. I mean, if you've ever wondered where the courage came from, from the children in the Holocaust, who would say, Mama, look away, as they were about to get executed. That was just a little tiny glimpse into that, that these children, like their hearts are so pure and they can just connect on such a deeper level. And, and Phineas, I mean, you know, my second, he's always, he is, he is a warrior. Yeah, he is. And I mean it, like I, I play songs um, for him, kind of, I feel him out a little bit. And they're songs that are kind of like intense and like upbeat and really 
um, you know, they, they are war songs as far as like a spiritual war. And he loves them. Like that boy is a warrior through and through. I mean, it makes sense if you think of Phineas in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very much a dichotomy of himself, though, because he's like the clown warrior. <laughs> yeah. you know he, he's either he, he's either trying to figure out how uh, to make somebody laugh or or you know let's, let's grab a sword yeah. one of the two yeah yeah pretty much <clears throat> um and then irene my, my daughter my third um she just did something the other day we were we were sitting down for mealtime and we uh were just talking actually it was after we we prayed for mealtime um so we were just talking about israel talking about kind of some of the stuff going on because my kids will ask you know periodically like you know is the war still going on like what's what's happening yeah. you know these kids you know six five and three um peter he's one so he you know he's not really at the age he can talk yet yeah, give um, another six months yeah yeah for real um so irene um we were talking about it and she she said we need to stop and pray we need to stop and pray for them and so she prayed one thing and I can't remember what the first one was, but she stopped and then she started right up again. And she she said, God, please help the people of Israel not be killed and not be wounded. And because there are predators hiding and they can't find them. Now... I don't know, you know, how many people out there have a three-year-old or know what it's what, what a three-year-old is like. They don't think like that. No. They don't think like that. No. <laughs> they don't speak like that. And so what it is, what it tells me is just that my family, my children have a connection that is beyond my ability to articulate. And I want to I want to read something I found. Okay, could I, could you hang on to that just a second? Yeah, because I want to go back to to Irene specifically. Mm -hmm. um, you guys have have done, um, and th this is just a different program. Okay, it's, it's it's me and me and Daniel, you know, dad and son talking. Okay, you're just getting our life. We've been around, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I know him as well as anybody. Um, <laughs> And so please excuse us if it's just kind of like, you know, sounds a little self-serving along the way. That's not what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, I've watched you guys in the, the naming of your children. And I pretty well question everyone. Um, it's like, what? And then later on, it's like, oh, okay, I got it, got it. And uh, Irene, you know, Irene is not a, a name that you hear these days. But uh, interesting enough that uh, it's she was named from a lady who was a very close friend of mine for many years up in uh, Eugene, Oregon. She's passed away now. Uh, Irene Lillibow, of blessed memory. Um, Irene was a little, little tiny thing. Uh, she she wasn't five feet tall, and uh, probably could not put on enough clothes to weigh a hundred pounds. But uh, she actually volunteered for SAR-L a uh, number of times wow. in Israel with the IDF. And she was known as their grandma. And they actually had to take a uniform and, and, and make it smaller because they didn't have anything small enough for her. Wow. Uh, Irene had an amazing love for Israel. And uh, 
Irene carries her namesake uh, today. And um, I wonder if, because of that also carries some of Irene Lillibo's anointing. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, w I wouldn't doubt it. And um, Irene is the, it, it's the Greek form of the word peace, of the word yeah. shalom. Yeah. Um, and so when we, when we named her, so for her first, like, I don't know, year, she was a really chill little girl, mm -hmm. um, very, very just sweet and loving. And then, and then she started walking and talking to man, mm -hmm. she, she is a spitfire. Like mm. she's so wonderful. But what I, we were like, wait, I thought her name meant peace. Like what's going on? But I was like, you know what? There's two types of peace. There's the kind of peace that is that's just a calmness it's an app there's a type of peace that's just the absence of chaos yeah and then there's the type of peace that's an active peace it's actually what i've come to kind of define it as it's a violent peace mm. there's a kind of peace that comes in violently and destroys the thing which is the meaning of the word shalom exactly. you know it is made that which is causing chaos be destroyed. Yeah. And that is the kind of peace that I see her as now is just someone who like calls it out, who steps in there. And mm -hmm. like, cause she is, she does step into situations like when her brothers are all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, but to, so I, I found something that I wanted to read. It is, it is titled a land with Hashem's fingerprint. So it is written in a in a poetic form. So I'm just going to read through this, and then we'll kind of dive into into it. Um, leaving this temporary home to your holy land, Israel, to your people, God, it is incomparable. Were I to fly farther east, past Jerusalem, yes, I may be welcomed, but the foreign ways of that place bring me no comfort. Where I walk to the west, I would stand before your beautiful mountains, though still it would not compare to a single stone lying in the midst of ruins. Were I to sail to the south, the sun may warm my body, but my spirit would remain chilled, lacking the warmth of your spirit that dwells in every corner of your land. For in your land, Father, the customs and the language may be asleep to my mind, but they... <laughs> Sorry but they awaken something deep in my soul. I'm going to read that line again. For in your land, Father, the customs and the language may be asleep to my mind, but they awaken something deep in my soul. Even the sight of letters I do not understand brings me great joy, for I know that each one has a deeply rooted meaning, that each one contains within its lines and curves a valuable lesson. To hear the stories these stones could tell, if only to hear one audible word from their vast experiences attained by many years on this timeline would be more would be worth more than refined gold. The words you spoke so long ago, they reside within its solid walls. If I could hear them by holding one simple stone, I would never put it down. Your people, Hashem, how they love you. From bowing in prayer to the reviving blast of a shofar, from the rejoicing and weeping at the sight of your Torah in its complete form, to the simple utterance of Baruch Hashem, praise God, praise the name, how they love you. I may not understand what they do or how they do it, but I do understand that it stems from love. 
There isn't a single thing here without meaning, and for showing me the land with your fingerprint, I can only say, Tadarabah, Baruch Hashem. So, go ahead. Author, Daniel Clayton. <laughs> um, what year did you write that? That was during the, the harvest trip, I believe. I had not written, so, I had not listened, I had not heard that in so long, I'd forgotten it. I thought of it right before we, we started the show. I haven't read it. I had basically no idea what it said before I read it just now, which is why I was so taken back because the, one of the words that was coming to me as you, we were talking right at the start was the word awaken. And I believe what is going on right now is God is sending an awakening blast to his people, like wake up and realize this place is important. Turn your eyes upon this place. And I wrote that, um, that was a season of my life. I was doing a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was my third trip total to Israel. The first one I was eight. So I don't really remember much except the pizza. Um, <laughs> and then nobody would let you spend your money. Yo, man, that was frustrating. That was, that was like, man, you get, you're a little kid, you got a little bit of money and you just want to buy something and no one will let you buy anything because yeah, your dad's you were, might clean. Yeah. It was like, no, no, we don't allow anybody. They'd say, uh, how old are you? And they'd say, he'd say eight. And they'd say, well, we don't accept money from eight-year-olds. He got so ticked. I mean, it oh, was man, just did. really something. He was, he was mad. So Yeah. And so that was my first trip. My second trip was the pruning with Hayabel. Um, yeah. And that was, I mean, that was kind of my, my first trip as an adult. Um, and then the harvest later that year that's when I wrote that. And it was just one of those things like, is Israel like, we've talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about this specifically on the program. We probably have, but you can go anywhere in the world. Yeah. You can go to the Himalayas and you can take a picture and you can capture it pretty well. Mm -hmm. You know, you got 4k cameras these days, you've got 4k video and all that kind of stuff. You can capture really, really well what it's what they look like and what it might feel to stand there in I, I think that the same holds true to so many different places mm -hmm. you see you see a video of like crystal clear water yeah. you know down to the you know these coral reefs and it's just like wow that is amazing israel is not that way not at all so i'm, I'm curious I, I i don't know if i remember the answer to this question what was what was your first reactions when you were seeing the drab and dreary landscape of Israel for the first time? You know, interesting because uh, that was 1998, and um, that was 32 trips ago. Um, it was a whirlwind. Okay, I was pastoring a church, a Southern Baptist Charismatic Pentecostal with Messianic Zionist Leanings Church. <clears throat> I probably couldn't have found Israel on a map in that day. Um, I had never been on a plane that long, and it was with a bunch of rednecks that some of them had probably never been on a plane. Um, we, we went to Israel. We spent five days on the ground. You get a T-shirt that says, I ran where Messiah walked. Uh, not really, but that's what you feel. And and I just, I remember just being there and, 
and I was in Tel Aviv and in all along the coast and the beauty that I was taking in um, was was overwhelming to me. And I did not understand what was going on. But I had prayed. I had asked the church, uh, those that you know, B.B., uh, Renee, Kathy, uh, various ones, I had asked them the week before to pray that their pastor would receive, would have two experiences in Israel. Number one, that I would uh, be able to, to, to touch the soil that Messiah walked on. Number two, that I would feel the heartbeat of my Jewish brothers and sisters. Now, people don't understand how far-fetched a statement mm -hmm. like that is, because in that day, I was actually teaching replacement theology. <laughs> okay, of course, you know, the Jews are God's chosen people. Okay, we won't go into that subject right now, but... And and the land is, you know, it's chosen and, you know, Messiah is going to come for a thousand years, but, you know, we're going to be raptured out and I, or, yeah, it's, it's a little bit on the crazy side. But uh, my theology was weird now that I think about it and it made no sense. But I got over there and, and I'm, we're, we're coming out of Nazareth um, and we're in a bus. And I'm up in the front of the bus because I don't do back seat real well. I, I'm going to be up front because I don't want to have to filter everything through everybody else's, the back of everybody else's head. Uh, I, you, you know, my, one of my statements is unless you're the lead dog, the view never changes. The view never changes. Mm, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. some of you will wake up tonight and go, oh, wow. Oh, that's what <laughs> yeah. that meant. Oh, that's what he meant. Yeah. I actually have a coffee cup that says that. Um, but, uh, and I remember coming off the, off the, around Nazareth and I looked out at the Galilee and I thought to myself, that's not a sea. And I was reading King Jimmy, you know, um, that, that's not a sea. It's a lake. It's not a real big one either. And, uh, about that time I noticed tears were flowing down my cheeks and uh, I, I was crying like a baby. Something happened. I, I went up to Capernaum, Capernaum, and to different places. And then I went to the house of Caiaphas. And went to a place that it is believed that this is where Yeshua actually was held that evening before his crucifixion. And uh, there was a, there's a, a, I've never taken you there. I need to do that. Um, <clears throat> there's a, a, like a dungeon there. And um, it would have been a place that there, a Roman soldier would have been able to look down into and a person could not get out. No way. And, and as my tour guide, um, Gael is, is speaking that uh, to us about this place. I reached over and I touched the rock. And when I did, it's like this rock reached back and grabbed me. And I, again, crying like a little baby. Mm -hmm. And then the last night, I won't go into the whole thing, but I was, I, I went to a, a meeting, a congregational meeting there at uh, Christ church an event I've told you about numerous times. Um, 
I met two of the pastors that were there, and through a series of events, um, I got to look into the eyes and feel the heartbeat of my Jewish brothers that night. And I would I would come home, and the next uh, the next Sunday, uh, dear friend Kathy Galloway uh, would look at me and say, "Pastor, what happened to you?" I said, I, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know anything. She said, no, something happened to you. And it would take, it would take mm-hmm. weeks and months to figure that out. Um, in fact, your mom was, was very concerned for a while after I got back. She didn't tell me this for quite some time. I can't remember how long, but uh, she, she said, I would lay awake or I would lay lay there asleep at night in bed and would be crying in my sleep. And the only word that I would, I would say was Israel. And uh, I would just weep over the land or the people. I don't know. I have no idea. And um, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of it all. Mm. You know, this, this writing was kind of, it was it was almost you know i think this is what it was it was born out of frustration actually mm-hmm. that writing was was the result of a choice to see beyond what i could feel yeah because you read that and you might think wow he was really feeling a lot and that's you just were, not the case no i was i was no. not you yeah, were coming to I, me uh, going, Dad, is there something wrong with me? I'm not feeling anything. It's true. Like, yeah. you know, the first uh, the, the first trip there for the for the pruning, I was I, I I truly was like I was like, man, I I know that I should like there should be more going on inside of me than this. Um, and it was like that for that first whole trip. It was like that for probably the whole trip of the harvest. Um, but then I think that it started clicking not in my emotions yet not necessarily in my well yeah not i'll just say not in my emotions but i started realizing that it was more about it was more about the choice it was more about choosing to see beyond because here's one thing you know i i want to go back and go back to the temple mount because i've only been up there one time maybe two but both times that I was there, or just the one, I, I can't remember, um, it was it was beyond my capabilities at that time to see beyond what I was seeing, because mm-hmm. it's a hard place to be up there, okay. because, I mean, there's, you, but by, by glancing, there's nothing holy about it. No. It is, it's just a, um, a mess. It's a mess. Yes, that's that's a very simple way to put it. It's a, it's a mess. And I just, man, I have such a hard time up there trying to sift through everything and recognize in my spirit what was going on. And it wasn't until much later that I would be able to see, like, you know, and, and realize and, and filter everything through the fact that Israel is such a spiritual battleground. It is the epicenter of the spiritual battleground. Yeah. Um, and so like all of these things are warring inside of me as I'm developing. And as this writing is pouring out of me, that writing was the, um, it, it was, 
kind of the conclusion, the, the, the end choice that I had made to see beyond what I was feeling and to feel beyond what I was feeling. And I, I think it was really after that, that it, it started kind of coming together. Um, actually, no, no, it wasn't until much later because I kept going through Israel waiting for my emotional experience mm -hmm. because I had had emotional experiences before and they were, they were God touched. I'm not saying that they were not yeah, God touched, sure. but I, I kept looking for that in that context. But I think what was happening is that God was just kind of planting a little seed here and a little seed here and a little seed here. And then all of a sudden one day, I can't, I can't tell you what day exactly, but one day it just awoke and it was probably much later into my adult life, maybe even after getting married, um, that I really started to realize like the connection that I do have for Israel. And I think the perspective I try to bring sometimes, because I know that I'm not a deeply intellectual person. I'm, I'm not the kind of, I, I, I'm not the person that can take you to chapter and verse and, and explain to you in a theological way why Israel is important. Mm -hmm. But there's not a person that could come to me and take away my convictions and my, my feelings toward Israel True. because of my experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it, you know, I hope that gives someone out there freedom like to know that, for one, you just keep choosing it. You keep choosing to do it. You keep choosing to love Israel beyond what you feel. And you keep choosing to, to put it at the forefront of your mind, even though you, it's hard because you haven't been there or because uh, you just haven't met the right people over there to really be connected. Um, you know, choose it. And the connection comes afterward in some of those cases. And then understand like, you don't have to, feel all of those things just understand that you're going through a process and one day that process is going to unfold into what god has for it yeah. well you know you i just read uh, a couple of days ago i think the parable of the seeds and the sower which uh the four of us had talked about mm -hmm. um and it talks about the seed being placed upon the thorny soil and all these and then then that soil that the seed that's put on the on the rich soil, the fertile soil that's ready to, to receive it and grow. Um, you know, on the, on the, the, one of the trips that we were on together, um, a friend of yours was there, uh, pretty much wept throughout the land, uh, was wanting to join the IDF. And, um, I mean, we were thinking, you know, this, this guy's got it. Uh, he came back and it was stolen from him. And uh, that I know of, he really has mm -hmm. not had a, a thought uh, since then regarding Israel. And and uh, all I can do is is pray that those tears that he shed, as as well as I do for others, um, that I've seen their tears shed in the land that those tears would, would one day cry out to their soul in, in, mm -hmm. in a reconnect way and give mm -hmm. them an oppor another opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the land of Israel is, is not like anywhere else. 
uh, and that's the scripture. Uh, Deuteronomy talks about this. Uh, it's, it's like nowhere else. It's not like Egypt was for the Hebrews. Uh, you you were talking about the taking pictures, and mm-hmm. uh, I've got, I've probably got two tens five, of thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> I, I've got slides. I've got photos. I've got. Uh, I have no idea how many pictures of Israel I have. You know, I have like fifty of the same picture uh, that I've taken over and over again <laughs> yeah, on yeah, tours, yeah. and. Um, I, wh- why would you go over there and take the same picture of the same place over and over again? Because you just the, keep hoping that when you get back and look at it, you'll feel the thing that you're feeling in that moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I take the picture and I look at it and I'm like, I failed. I mean, I'm not a bad photographer. Um, I've been doing this for a while. But I I go to Israel and I take pictures and I look at them later and it's like, that's like meaningless. It it just catches, you you can't, you can't take a picture of Israel because you're only taking a picture of a natural realm. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they have not come up with even the latest, greatest iPhone has, does not have enough megapixels to, to get into the spiritual realm. Yeah, it doesn't have that spiritual filter yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for that filter. Um, and so you come back, it's like, and, and then you you try to explain to somebody what it's like to be there or or, or explain to someone that was on a, a, a more secular tour or a more Christian tour or a a more religious tour or, or whatever, you know, and they, they never, they never were given the opportunity mm-hmm. to connect with, with the people. I mean, you know, when, when I mentioned to you, let me, let me throw out a name. Udi Marotz. Mm-hmm. Bring a smile to your face, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Immediately. What do you think about when you see, when you think of Udi? I think that if anybody tried to create a theological argument about if a Jew who had not accepted Yeshua yet could have the Holy Spirit, he would be the proof that they're wrong. Yeah. He's like that sitting there guy, talking to one of the prophets, isn't he? He seriously, like he has spoken things over email to my wife. Oh yeah. That have been like directly just prophetic word from the holy spirit no doubt in my mind whatsoever mm-hmm. and that is what i think of when i think of Udi is just a holy spirit filled jew uh leah goldsmith <laughs> tough as nails <laughs> but i mean just to be in her position and and just driven and uh I don't know, motivated by the word of God to do what needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Near Levy. If, if, okay, here's another, here's another thing. If you think that someone can say, praise God as just a, a thing that they say in reaction to Mm -hmm. life and not really mean it, he's the one that would prove that you can actually say it over a hundred times a day and mean it every time. Yeah. 
being around that guy, I mean, it's constant. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch, which just means bless the name, you know, yeah. bless God. Yeah. Um, it's it's the it's the, the 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 closest we can get as an English equivalent is praise the Lord, essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Baruch Hashem. And so, it's just you're around him, and it's just constant, constant that he's saying that. <laughs> but it's not like you're going. Oh, he's just saying it. No, I mean, every time he says Baruch, every Hashem, time, it's like yeah. You know, it's like, I want to stop and wash my hands, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, now you're, you know, some of this was, was, yeah, inheritance. Um, you know, when I came back from Israel, the first time I started teaching on four responsibilities that we have to Israel and Jewish people. Uh, one of them is that I was taught, ta- teaching on in 1998 when you were four was, um, out of Isaiah chapter 61, uh, the, the son of the foreigner shall be your plowman and your vine dressers. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's etched in my mind. Uh, I can take somebody to the, to the, I think the same, to the exact row, maybe even to the exact vine. And, uh, our ministry joined to Hashem, the foreigner who has joined themselves to Hashem, you being, you know, the son of the foreigner. I mean, here's the prophetic picture. And uh, I'll never forget going to that, you know, getting up that morning and eating our blackened pancakes at, uh, and that came out of our sure stick pan. And because uh, the guys were cooking. And, you know, the, the last thing you want to do is, is give a bunch of guys a, a sure stick pan and no instructions while they're on jet lag, while they have jet lag and tell them to cook <laughs> pancakes is, it was really bad. Um, oh, yes. only to be overdone by the, uh, the, the green hash browns. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so we, we got up that morning and we went out to, uh, pass the on there, the, the the shed and uh we went down the this row toward the overlook where we could see Shkem, modern day nablus occupied territory by the way by uh the uh palestinians and uh i handed you that that set of pruners that i just bought at home depot and they'd never been used before and um did you did you understand the significance i've never asked you this question did you understand the significance of, of what was happening in that moment? No, I, I did not. Huh. I, I, I guess I just, I figured you'd gotten that part by osmosis. You know, I'm, I'm learning that. the the garden is is i think one of the best um analogies you can use because to be a good gardener you have to have patience and you have to be willing to work for a long time and depending on what you're growing potentially a very long time without seeing without you know holding the fruit in your hands or without holding you know the, the produce in your hands and you know, I think, I think I got it in an intellectual way. Okay. You know, I I could look at the page and I could read the words and I could insert my name into it. 
but I, I think that the the older you get and the more experience you have in life um it, it, especially the more grief and sadness that you walk through the greater the grief gets the greater the joy gets as well you know the greater they kind of kind of uh they, they grow together because when you understand a higher level of grief you understand a higher level of joy and I'm trying to equate that to this, where in the same way, the more you feel those things in, in general, the more you can really start to grasp um, the magnitude of, of, of those things. And I don't think it was until, until later, um, you know, because again, that was my first trip back. That was my first trip as a, and I was... Um, Oh, yeah. So I was 17. I was 17 years old. Um, you know, I, I was doing it and I was happy to be there and it was a great experience. But for me, for me, it took a long time to reflect on things before I would, before it would really settle in and before I would kind of understand what even happened. And that was, that's been especially true with Israel trips is like looking, going through them and then getting back home and then reflecting on what actually just happened. Um, and I, I think maybe here's the thing. It's as you grow with God, as you grow with God and continue to follow in his ways and to love him. Um, that's when you start to understand the significance and actually be able to feel the magnitude of those moments. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I just, I think it's hard. It's hard not having much life experience as a 17 year old, being able to grasp something as deep as your name being written in a prophecy from thousands of years ago. That's a tough one. And especially because teenagers are very short-sighted. Um, they get it honestly yeah you know and for all you for all the teenagers out there out there listening you know just understand you are short-sighted it's not an insult it's just a reality you you know as teenagers we're still you're still learning how to develop your your long sight we were talking about legacy the other day and that's exactly what that is um and so to be able to look at the big picture is is a skill that has developed over time so what would you say, and I, I think we're kind of almost getting close to running out of time. Uh, they didn't update on Zoom and they took the the, the uh, timer off. So uh, we'll just, I'll kind of estimate it here. Uh, what would you say to a person that is a, a teenager, a young adult, uh, given, given, let's set the current situation to the side for a moment. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person that says to you, but Daniel, you know, I, I mean, I'd like to go see Hawaii and I'd like to go to here and I'd like to do this. And, you know, I've got some plans. Why should I make Israel a priority? Why should I put this on the top of my list of things, even though there's some places that I kind of feel like I'd rather do first? Why, why should mm -hmm. I upset my apple cart? I guess that's a, an idiom, maybe that's a little old, but why should I upset... <laughs> um, you know, 
and, and rearrange my life plans for something like this that's uh that, that's a, a desert area in the middle east Mm. Mm. I think I would say be willing to take a moment to to plant that seed because and be willing to do something that you don't understand before you understand it okay. because god honors actions more than good intentions if you choose to go to israel to put your hands in the dirt to see the people you may not understand a thing of what's happening while you're there you may not understand anything or even why you went but be willing be willing to do it even if you don't understand it because and you'll just have to take our word for it because it is mm -hmm. it is something that let me say this i i proposed to kate's being israel yeah um we were we were we went all on that trip together and i proposed to her there and i truly 100% believe that our marriage would not be as good as it is had we not had that experience together when you you know i've mentioned this this verse and i think it can go kind of either way in the zechariah he who touches israel touches the apple of god's eye now he who attacks that attacks the apple of god's eye but if you care for that apple if you care for that piece of land then you are caring for and you are investing in and you are showing that you care even if you don't feel it you care about the apple of god's eye and do you not think that god will take he will take that action that you perform and he will bless it and you are not going to miss out on anything at all anything that you think you will miss out on by taking the time and the money to go to israel it, it, it's yeah yeah interesting enough you'd bring that verse up <clears throat> i um i had to record this morning life on or uh, uh my living torah early this week um but i was that that was my next verse up by the way <laughs> as you were talking that was my next verse up uh, let, let's think about that for just a moment. We'll kind of, we'll come, come wrap it up, start to wrap it up with this, that when you talk about the apple of someone's eye, we're talking about the pupil. We're talking about the center of someone's eye and, and, uh, my wife, your mother and, and your wife, uh, you know, are, are, are forever reminding us that, that you and I have this, this thing that we were always looking around all over the place. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of reading the room, no matter uh, if the lights are out, you know, I just, 
<laughs> I'm not supposed to make myself laugh. I make myself cough. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's like looking at a camera right now. If um, uh, when, when Zoom started, you know, people would be looking at their computer screen like this. And I'm, I'm looking at Daniel right now, but he's he sees that I'm looking at, no, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at you. But it's up until I get here. And so if I'm looking down here, I might be looking at you, but I'm actually disconnected with you and with our audience. It's only when I look into this silly little camera right here that I'm fully connecting with you because the apple, the pupil of my eye is focused and directed immediately on you to expound on something that uh, that Barry Phillips taught years ago. If we're anywhere outside of Israel, we're in his peripheral vision. Mm -hmm. So if you're wanting yeah. to look into the window of the soul of the Father, and, and the scripture says the eyes are the windows of the soul, if you're wanting to look into his eyes and really find out that verse of, I know the plans I have for you for good and for evil to give you a future and a hope. Israel is the only place that you can truly look into his eye because his gaze never moves from there. Mm -hmm. Your final thoughts, then I got an announcement. Um, kind of going back to your earlier question, it, it's, it's a matter of, of, temporal versus eternal which is something we talk a lot about on the program mm -hmm. anywhere that you go on the earth yes you can acknowledge that it is god's creation and it is beautiful yeah. but the things that you experience there the things that you do there are more likely to be a temporal experience you know outside of you know things that god is calling you to of course and and people that you would meet that kind of thing I'm talking about like the Hawaii trip, you know, that you're going to, to see, um, no matter what you do, if you're going to Israel, I won't say no matter what, there's a high likelihood if you're going to Israel and you're listening to this program, that the effects of what you do are going to be eternal. Yeah. And it's so like God to choose the humble things to confound the wise. He chose the land of Israel and it is, as we see it today, quite a arid desert, somewhat desolate place. It's starting to come back. It's being, it's being, you know, heavily agriculturalized, if that's a word. Um, no. You know, lots of lots of agriculture going on there. Um, but you compare it to other places in the world, and it's like, why would he choose Israel? There's tons of places that are way more extravagant and beautiful, <laughs> but it's so like them to choose the most humble piece of land. The most humble people and use those things to confound the wise and israel is mentioned so many times in the scripture if you are a believer in yeshua and you follow the god of israel take the time take the spend the resources it's not even your resources it's his resources so he's going to give them to you if you want to go to his land <laughs> so yeah that's that's it well <clears throat> With that, you convinced me. <laughs> and so I have an announcement tonight. Um, probably won't come as a surprise to too many people. But, um, you know, with the war, with all that's going on in Israel, um, 
Kathy's my wife, uh, Daniel's mom has been asking me, has asked me a number of times and people have asked me, you know, when are you going? And um, finally, during the time that I was, uh, both of us were sick and um, I began to pray about it. And I said, uh, well, Father, uh, you know, I'm of course willing, uh, Hanani, here I am. Um, but if uh, if this is your will, then I'm going to ask you for a favor to have uh, have Kathy ask me about it. And uh, we were sitting there about uh, during the the midst of our <laughs> our sickness, and uh, she said, "So, uh, when are you going?" And um, I was like, "Okay, I got that." And I had to admit to her what I was praying. Uh, I submitted this before a couple of our board members that I have, and they were green lights. Uh, I text you and ask you to pray and uh, in Catesby, and it was green lights. And so, Bezrat uh, Hashem, God willing, with his help, uh, the 16th, which is next Tuesday, I will be on an El Al jet and will be heading to Israel for my 33rd trip to the land. Um, I'll be there for about nine days on the ground, I think eight or nine days on the ground. I'll be in Jerusalem, uh, up into Judea, Samaria, up on the Mount of Blessing, Itamar, various places, uh, meeting with people. I have some, uh, a few things that I, I need to, to get done regarding future trips that, uh, you know, tours that we may be taking, which would be more solidarity tours than just going to, you know, to, to be there and see more of the sites. And so, um, we'll be taking funds, uh, as, as I always do, we, uh, we support Israel. If anybody would like to, to add to that, we, we support Israel on a, right now on a weekly basis. Um, we, we, we're sending funds for something. If anybody would like to help with the expenses of that trip for me, uh, would appreciate that. Uh, the hotel that I, I've stayed at many times when I ask them uh, about rooms availability, um, they they gave me the greatest discount I've ever had. Um, said, you're coming, we're, we're getting involved. And so um, I, it's cheaper than I could ever, than I can get a hotel for in the United States. Um, so I, I believe that the father has some some divine appointments. I'm just going though. I mean, it's it's just it's just to go, and to be yeah. there, and to breathe, and to see the people, and hopefully allow them to see a person who stands with them mm -hmm. uh, in the midst of all this. So, I, I figure I might want to take a lot of Kleenex or handkerchiefs or something. But uh, so that's that's um, that's what that's what I'll be doing and. Um, I will be doing uh, Facebook videos. This is my plans. Uh, Facebook videos. I'll be rewriting those videos into YouTube's at night and putting them on my video, my Vimeo and my YouTube and Rumble accounts and all that kind of stuff. So, anybody that would like to follow me through the land, and um, you know, just uh, if you would share those videos and things, I sure would appreciate mm -hmm. it and um, help people connect with the land. Your final yeah. thoughts? God always has the best timing. And he, he's he got it. It's exciting times. Um, and as you've told me before, the safest place in the world to be is right in the center of his will. 
believe that. I believe that. <laughs> and just out of coincidence, it's my birthday tour portion. I'm going to be there. Uh, <laughs> not that I was not my birthday is coming up guys. It's in April. If you were, if you're planning on sending a present, but, uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't make myself laugh. I'll make myself cry, uh, cough. Um, but, uh, I was actually born on Passover. And so this, uh, this Torah portion coming up of bow of, uh, of, of get out of Egypt, <laughs> uh, Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. That's my birthday Torah portion. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's just a special honor to be in the land during that time. So, yeah. all right, well, Hey, we did it. Did it. Yeah. No surprise there. <laughs> I know. I know. So, uh, guys take in, take into account what we've said tonight, uh, uh and, and begin to make plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about it. You know, if, uh, you start making plans, you never know what the father might do. Um, I've, I've been over there 33 trips and I haven't been able to afford it yet. Uh, because you know, if the, if, if someone invites you to their house, uh, you, you normally, normally they're willing to pay for the, you know, they're, they're not going to, if, if I invite you to my home, I'm not charging you rent for the evening, you know, not charging okay. it for the meal. Okay. So if mm-hmm. the father invites you to his land, is he not going to provide? And it may be there that you find for yourself, the plans that he has for you, the plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And Oh, by the way, if you're in him, if you're redeemed, (laughs) your future is in Israel. Go ahead and make plans to get used to the place now. Yep. All right. Talk to you later. (laughs) Till next time.